0: The recording. Good evening. Today is October 24th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is How It Works, and our speaker tonight is Nancy C. Thank you, Nancy C. Take it away.
1: Hey, everybody. Good evening. It's been a hot minute since I've been on this meeting, so I'm really glad to see everybody. And some people I think I met this weekend, as a matter of fact. I went to a fellowship where I actually saw people for real live in person, which was the most amazing thing ever. My name is Nancy C. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. I'm in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and it's great to be with you tonight. Um, Got an easy chapter, just how it works. That's no problem, is it? (laughs) It's the whole enchilada. (laughs) But so what does it say? It says what we were like, what happened, and what we're like now. So I just want to quickly qualify on what it was like Um, I have been around the rooms of OA since 2011. Um, My abstinence date is October um, 18th, 2020. So I just celebrated two years a week ago. Um, So you can do the math. I was around the rooms for a long time before I honestly got this program because I was into the half measures group. I was into the quarter measures group or uh, the cheater group. I don't know what group I was in. Um, but my story is like everyone else's. The more I'm around, you know, our names are different, our faces are different, where we come from, what we did, what we do is all different, but we're all the same. We're all compulsive, overeaters, undereaters, restrictors. We, we've got a problem with food and we do not look or think or act naturally where food is involved. Um, I don't know where I got that. Um, I got it and I've given up even trying because it really doesn't matter. The fact is, is that I found the solution. The fact is that we're all here because we all have the same one problem and this is the one solution that makes us live happy, joyous and free. It gives us the roadmap to find a power greater than ourselves that lets us live our life freely under his care. And I choose to call God um. God, and um, we'll speak that way um, this evening, but the power that lets me live happy, joyous, and free to the best of my ability, serving other people in him, and that's what my story is about. That's what I'm about tonight, so I grew up in a Catholic home, um, Irish, Italian, lots of food, all festivities revolved around food, a lot of big, high emotions, screaming, yelling, fighting. You know, I'll say the typical growing up, but probably wasn't typical, but it was for for where I grew up. I grew up very white privileged, so I had many things at my disposal that a lot of people don't. And it's taken me to get into the rooms of recovery to realize just how much of an advantage that gives me and how much, even though my story might be a little bit different because I went to college, I went to a good private college, good private high school. The feelings and how I acted and reacted to people were all the same. Um, I never felt right in my skin. I never felt like I understood what was going on. And the only thing that made me feel better was to shove it down with food from as early as I can remember. First time that I really got totally sick on food was um, when I was at my grandmother's house over Christmas and ate so much that... um, it was a cannoli that put me over the edge and I still can't look at a cannoli today, but it wasn't the cannoli that did it. It was the whole day and the whole night of just sitting in a corner, not knowing what to say to people. So I just ate and my best friend was, was food. My best friend was always food or some type of mind altering substance. Like I took in my career of compulsive eating or my addiction to sugar, I took a hard left and started drinking when I was in high school and realized that I could get a quicker buzz, um, but I got that same elusive feeling of that everything was okay as soon as I took a drink. Um, and then when I got sober in, um, 2018, uh, in um, 1984, my life immediately got better. You know, I, I haven't picked up a drink since then. So I consider myself recovered as a um as an alcoholic, but I never worked the steps really. I went through them once, right? I kind of did what I needed to do, but my life instantaneously got better. I wasn't getting arrested. I wasn't hitting the right side of my car when I went into parking lots. People weren't asking me where I was the night before my life just instantaneously improved. So I was fine, but I immediately turned to food and I couldn't have enough food. And for the first two years after I stopped drinking, I could eat double portions of dinner. I could eat um, candy bars at night with my dog. He'd wake me up in the night and we'd share a little Snickers bar. I could eat and eat and eat and I never gained weight. And people were like, what the hell is going on? And then the day came where that all stopped, and I couldn't go the other way. I never was a normal body weight again, no matter how hard I tried. I yo-yoed. I went up and down, just like many of us do. I lost twenty, gained twenty-five, lost thirty, gained thirty-five, to the time where I was six, or until I finally got to the point where my average weight for the last couple of years was sixty-five pounds overweight. Fast forward to. Um, I had a very high powered um, international job that had me traveling all over the world and executive clubs and first class and um, large expense account and stuff. So what did I do? I didn't want to be with people. I would entertain as I needed to. But boy, that expense account and room service was my best friend. And I would love to go to business trips and just sit in my room, go out and make my presentation. And you know how like they talk about um, when Bill would be ready or that we get to a point where we've got a very important business proposition and a couple of days before we screw it up. That would be me. I would eat the night before and then just be in a fog the next day when I got to do that presentation. But my my need to control my need to have power my need to step on people to get where I needed to go, got me an early, reti- an early retirement package. I was fired. <laughs> I was fired nicely. So they gave me a great, uh, nice exit because I had worked for that company for 27 years. And so I was set up where at 55, I really didn't have to work again, but I was devastated because my life was my job. So somebody suggested that I go to Overeaters Anonymous and I was like, "What are you crazy? Why would is there's a thing for eating. (laughs) But somehow I found my way there. And somebody told me, go get a nutritionist, get a food plan and work these steps, you know, keep coming back. And so I did, I found a nutritionist who gave me a great food plan. um, And I proved to that company that I could be fine by myself. I had no friends outside of that company. um, And I was just dedicated to losing weight, exercising excessively, um, following this food plan. And in a year, I lost 65 pounds. Voila, I had arrived. So why did I need this program, right? So I kept coming back, though. But once people stopped going, oh, my God, look at how good you look. And I started to slowly eat my way back in a little bite here and a little bite there. And then 65 pounds later, I had a little bite everywhere the only thing I did right was I continued to go to my home meetings. I continued to show up to local meetings and would get this, keep coming back, you know, works if you work it, progress, not perfection. And I really believe today that God kept me in those rooms so that finally the day would come when I would just say, I'm done with this whole nonsense of Overeaters Anonymous, it doesn't work, and somebody hand me a phone number of a uh of a phone meeting, um, a very strong big book meeting that I called and I found my solution. I found out for the first time that I was allergic to sugar, was my primary subject, substance, and that once I ate it, I couldn't stop. And it was like the bells went off for the first time and I was like, oh my God, So what it was like was total insanity. I had no way of doing anything except for just eating. And then when I stopped eating, all I could think about for that year that I was losing the weight was I was going to be able to have those cookies again. And I was going to be able to have what I wanted again, because I never got the message that I had that allergy. And when I made that phone call and heard the recovery in the room and heard that people were happy, joyous, and free, and really had found recovery, oh my God, I wanted it so bad. So what happened? I found, a, I found a sponsor and did whatever she told me. My surrender was deep and I can still remember it. It was in the back of my house um, in the woods. And I was just like, God, take me. And God just said, Nancy, it's time to stop. So I worked with a sponsor um, through the big book in six weeks and um, got recovered. And now I sponsor. I have a home group here in Ann Arbor that's getting stronger and stronger every week. Um, I have this fellowship that I crave. I have friends all around the world. I go to meetings in different countries all the time. I love the fellowship I have. And I never had friends. And today I could call any one of you and you would help me with anything I needed. So what happened? You know, I had to get to that total surrender. I had to admit, like it had in the chapter before, more about alcoholism, that there had to be something there that was helping other people. Why couldn't it help me? Coming from a Catholic God, I just had this punishing God and I couldn't get past that. But somebody said, just choose something You know, like we all do here. I just heard recently, finding God in these rooms is like going into a nail salon and they say, pick a color. (laughs) And everyone picks a different color and you look at some color and you go, oh my God, you'd put that on your nails? I'm not wearing it. Go wear your color. It's fine. I got to the point where I found a God that loves me more than anything and is always there. All they need to do is turn and look. So what was I told to do? I was told to pick up this book. I was told to read it, that it was a textbook. It wasn't a novel. It wasn't just read the the weird stories in the back or the ones that you go, oh, my God, that would never happen to me. I'd never be in a barn or I'd never, you know, go off on a junket without telling my wife where I was going. But to read it for what it's worth. And so all of the instructions were here. And chapter five tells us once we admit our powerlessness and that we are powerless over food, that we can come to believe a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity, right? So that's where we get to the how and why of it. That's where we get to how it works. So it asks us here, there's a lot of really scary words in these first couple of pages, you know, thoroughly, honest, honest decided, willing, earnestly, fearless, and thorough. Um, Half measures availed us nothing. I mean, you look at unmanageable, you look at all these words, and you're like, "Mm, I'm going to close the book and go home. I'm not going to do this. You know, this is where the food starts going, okay, maybe I want some something to take care of this. But As it says, we stood at a turning point. You know, Bill never gave us in the first hundred, never gave us an opportunity to sit and ponder things. We always have to go left or right. We can either choose the disease or we can choose a spiritual path that brings us to a life that's happy, joyous, and free. And it also says that we have to be honest and thorough from the very start. I don't know about you guys, but I didn't even know what the word honest was. I mean, I cheated at anything I could cheat at. Taking a test, I, I I just always took the half measures part. man. anything I could get away with doing the minimal amount of work in high school and college and get through, doing that at work, blaming other people, getting other people to work, anything that I could do <laughs> to get by is what I did. So really taking a look at doing That's this. two
2: minutes left.
1: Oh, boy. All right. Let me go really quick. So going, um, so really getting honest with myself and thoroughly following these instructions were really critical. And they say half measures avail us nothing, right? So I had to do it all. I couldn't do it half-ass. I had to do it completely and thoroughly. And I had a good sponsor that helped me do that. Um, It talks here a lot about the third step. And really my whole life was being a control freak. I was the most selfish self-centered person on the planet And they're telling me that's my problem. And I'm like, what are you kidding? This can't be my problem. You know, the world has to run. Nancy Utopia only runs when it goes the way that I want it to. And I had to learn that the more I let go, the more power I get. And I never understood that either. I was like, you people are crazy. I get that today. I understood that I really had to take a look at how I offended other people rather than the wrongs everyone did to me, I had to look how I started a ball rolling or I poked that bear and really work at understanding the patterns I have. It wasn't how many times, you know, I kicked the dog. It's like why I kicked the dog and did the dog get up and was I nice to the dog after that, which was more important than how many times I did it. Because once I started to see my selfishness and self-centered and having to be in charge of everything and wanting people to have pity on me and all that kind of stuff. I can start working with that right in step six and seven. I can start asking God to please help remove these character defects from me, but it has to come by doing a thorough job in step four and getting ready for step five. So I know that I didn't talk too much about the, um, about the chapter. But I think that really, it talks about the other two things real quickly. The sick man's prayer of really realizing that everyone else on this planet is messed up, just like I am messed up, and they're trying to do the best they can, really helps me when I start, all right, finishing up turning really helps me when I try to do a 10 step or look at people a different way. And then the other prayer is the third step prayer of just really turning my will and my life over to God every day. And have to do that a lot of times throughout the day, and I find God in the pause, and if I can just stop and let that second thought come in, my life goes much better. I'm so grateful to be here. Um, Thanks for last minute asking me to show up, and I really had fun, so thanks.
0: Thank you so much, Nancy C. That was awesome. All right. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host will call the raised hands, I'll call the raised hands, in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. With the timekeeper, Tony, please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. Speakers ask a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. All right. Fair warning. At 847, we are going to around there. We're going to stop to stop the recording and shares. But until then, uh, Nancy P is the hand I see. So Nancy, if you take
2: it away. Thanks, Ian. Nancy, there's a reason that Nancy stick together. <laughs> 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 I it really I was listening to you, and it's like She's saying she's hitting all the all the points, you know, I mean, but what really cracked me up was the nail thing, because I actually I don't know if you can see this. I have a terrible manicure, but I don't choose. I have ten colors. Every finger is painted a different color for me. <laughs> and um, and that's kind of how, you know, I had to find the I hate to be cliche. I had to find the beat of my own drummer and do it the way that worked for me, because when I did what worked for me, it worked. Yeah. And for all those years when I didn't, when I tried to do it the way that it worked for other people, it never worked. And I never was free. I never was, you know, what does it say? You know, I was never, um, contently away from the food. I disliked the word abstinence, but I, I was not contently away from the food and, and mm. I was not, um, you know, my mind was never, never at rest. And, um, you know, the way that it worked for me is, I mean, this, this chapter goes through, you know, basically three, four, five, six, seven, and eight, nine. I don't know, whatever. But um, you know, I did my, I did the work. I did every single thing that my sponsor told me to do immediately and as hard as I could. And the only reason I was able to do that was because I was my surrender is I'm hyper vigilant about it. Anything that even make maybe could be not surrendered as an idea next month. I'm not surrendered or taken doing things my own way. I run away from that. And, you know, I too have been fired from jobs. I've alienated friends. And, um, you know, I just was like a bulldozer, you know? And um, today that's not the case. Today, you know, I talk to people. Today, I, you know, I I say what I think, you know? My favorite line in the whole book is that the doctor's opinion, you, you may rely absolutely on anything they say about themselves. Today, my word is good. I mean what I say and I say what I mean. And um, you did an excellent job. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you very much, Nancy P. I see CJW. You have the floor. Hi,
3: everybody. CJ and our ship building at Compulsive Overview to Living in a Recovered State today. Um, beautiful share, Nancy C. Love you dearly. Um, I uh, I relate very much. Um, to the part of your story around um, trying recovery, uh, trying to work the steps um, a particular way, and then finding the Big Book Step Study. Um, I found the I found the Big Book um, through the OI birthday party last year, and um, the 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 part of how it works that is my some of my favorite parts of um, the Big Book are in. In this chapter, pages 60 to 63 are my absolute favorites, um, which is for me to say is miraculous because I don't think I wouldn't have been able to see myself that way. But um, one one thing that happened for me this last time going through this, the steps through the big book step study is is that whole concept of half the measures half measures avail me nothing. And um, and I had to be thorough and, and honest. And I had um, I was really good at, at, at performing honest um, and saying all the right things, but not really getting down to the heart of things. And this time around um, in doing my resentments, there were two people that I had um, had on my resentment list for um, a long time and um, had, had been able to, con- to manipulate other sponsors to say, it's, there's no way I can find these people. Um, and my sponsor this time around the big book was like, oh, this, this is important that we find these people. And I, and I did, I found one of the, one that them, I'm still working on it. And, and the, I always thought again, 60 to 63, like I was running the show and there was that, I knew why I wasn't contacting this person. And I, when I did it, when I became willing to do anything that my sponsor asked me to do. Um, it opened a door for me in my own recovery and my own healing that it really made me feel it wasn't, I wasn't doing it for this person. I was doing it for me and for my higher power and for where I needed to go in the next um, place for recovery. And I guess what I'm interested in, in hearing about is, did you, did you have a different experience with going through resentments? Um, through the big book step study rather than other ways of doing it? Or did you have a different experience with that and how it works? And thanks for um, letting me share.
1: Oh, thanks, CJ. Really good question. Um, When I did um, the four step prior to big book study, when I did it um, in my home group meeting many years ago, um, I did a dissertation on how everyone, how bad the world was to me and how many people harm me and how they harm me and woes me. Um, and then took my part a little bit, but not too much. And so I didn't have much of an amends list. Um, when I came into the fellowship two years ago and really understood that it was me, not other people, that four step took a whole different turn and my resentments really were of my own making. And so my amends list was much bigger and there were four amends. I probably would need to redo all of them, but there were four I had to go back and redo because I did the wrong amends. I didn't do amends from the heart. I didn't amends because I had to do an amends the first time around. Um, And I think that today as I go through the 10th step and do amends a lot quicker. I understand really how to get from the head to the heart a lot quicker to keep my channel to my higher power open, um, that it makes that a lot better. But that real deep realizing it's me, it's not other people and other people, what they think doesn't really matter. It's just what I did and how I need to fix my side of the street and let the rest be up to God. That's what God wants of me today. So I hope that answers your question.
0: All right, thank you for the question and for the answer. Next up, we have Lindsay W, take it away.
4: Hi, I'm Lindsay, compulsive overeater. Um, Hansi, thank you so much for that lead. That was really incredible. And, um, you know, I found recently that on these Zoom meetings, it's so easy to just sort of like audit the meeting. And like, I just show up and I listen and I take my notes and it's like on my nightly review, did you go to a meeting? I sure did. Like, I'm not... I'm not sharing as much on zoom meetings, you know, I'm not getting real about what's going on with me. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was like, okay, I need to share. And so much of what you said really resonated with me a lot. And, um, one was just about the job, um, and that, you know, about work sort of becoming, my identity. So before I, before I, um, actually put the food down and worked the steps, I mean, my career was everything. I mean, I was in my mid thirties, you know, I'm not married. I don't have kids. So what else do I have a value other than a career and money? And, you know, I remember when people would call and say, how are you? And I'd be like, work is great. And I'm thinking like, they didn't say how is work, but I had nothing else to say. I had literally no other status report to give. And um, so now um, things are changing at work. My company was acquired. My job has drastically changed overnight. My income is drastically changing. And I am really scared. I'm in a lot of fear and I'm in fear. I'm in like just straight up financial insecurity and fear of that. And I'm also like, so then who am I now? If I, if I can't, you know, if I don't get to maintain the lifestyle I've had over the last five years, what does this mean? How am I going to be okay? You know? And that is like, it's it's big fears, you know? And it's like, okay. So like you said, like, we don't just sit here. Like, I'm either going to go to the left. I'm either going to go to the right. Like I've got a choice. God is either everything or God is nothing. What is my choice to be? And, um, you know, when I'm in, when I'm in fear like this and uncertainty like this, you know, like it says in this chapter, like I have a new employer. So the company that's on my freaking paycheck, like, sure. Thank you for the money. But like, I have an employer. And so, um, and I really need God's help to show up. I really need God's help to show up and focus on being of service. And, um, so yeah, so I'm struggling. And, you know, today, um, today it was like 3 15 PM and I wanted dinner, you know, I was like, I'm ready for dinner what's going on, you know? And I don't wanna tell people that. I certainly don't wanna tell it publicly and on a recorded line, but I'm a freaking food addict. So yeah, I was thinking about dinner, I was in fear and I just wanna get honest and I see my time. Thank you, um, thanks for letting me share and thanks again, Nancy.
0: Thank you for sharing, Lindsay. Next up is Julie C.
5: Hi everybody, I'm Julie, compulsive overeater and food addict, really good to be here. So good to hear everybody. Um, Thank you so much, Nancy. I related with so much of what you were saying. I just needed to say that I'm a bit jet lagged. I got home from a long uh, trip about maybe 48 hours ago and I'm pretty tired, but I wanted to say how happy I am to be back at the meeting. I was six hours ahead or five hours ahead, so I couldn't jump on this meeting. Um, But I, I hung in there and did, program as best as I could and I was in you know a country that had very different food for me how I eat here and it was challenging at times and someone reminded me today you know think about what I did do not what I didn't do so um I'm really glad to be here and I loved hearing everybody um Uh, the nail comment was so funny. It's so true. I walk into a salon and look at a hundred colors and have no clue what I want. Um, And um, I related so much and, you know, I related to the speaker who just spoke a minute ago. It's like over, over, you know, I want to eat over things. I just, I'm a compulsive overeater. And um, one of my sons is struggling a bit right now and I am just so pissed off. I can't change it. I can't change it. I can't change him. I can't change situations, but the miracle. So I still feel those feelings and want to scream at him and my husband who can't fix it too. Um, But um, the miracle is, is like 98% of the time I'm keeping my mouth shut and that's not how it was before. Um, and that's a miracle right there. So I'm feeling the feelings, but, um, just not yelling at everybody about it. I'm pissed off, but I just keep on trying to remember, you know, what I'm doing in this program is I'm trying to handle situations better. And I'm trying not to react to situations in a better way than I have always acted before. And I'm not walking around having to make amends all day and saying, I'm sorry to everybody for like opening my big mouth. And that is a miracle. So, really glad to be here and hear everybody. Thanks.
0: Thank you very much, Julie C. See, let's see, Ooh, see any more hands raised. <laughs> we have so much time to share if anyone wants to share. Yvonne, do you want to stop the recording? take a little pressure off.